0: And welcome to the Opportunity Life Podcast. Today I have Natalie with me, whom I met in India with her two little kids. She had been traveling around the world with them for quite a while. And I invited her to this podcast because her family's story is very interesting. And the method that she uses to raise her kids is something that I hadn't heard of before. It's called unschooling and what she has to say about this method was very inspiring to me of how to have an interrelationship with your kids that is very free and really focused on the individual character of the kid in front of you. You still rarely see foreigners traveling with their kids in India and even the people that are traveling with their kids in India, they're being very cautious of where they take their children. So um, I would like to know your story. How did you end up being in india because your kids are actually from a chinese father you also lived in china for quite a while um, so how did all of this happen hi everyone hi miko and thank you
1: and i would i will just add that uh because i i traveled alone with them so for me i met actually some a few families in india but i never met uh, single parents. So I'm French, by the way, and uh, I think everyone knows that, hearing me speaking English. But I arrived in China because I found a job offer uh, to teach in a fashion school in Shanghai, and I didn't really care about China at all. You know, some people are really into China, like they love, you know, the culture, everything, everything, and I was all that, but about India. So the only reason I I wrote back was that the school had, had the desire to open in New Delhi, actually, what happened was that finally they never happened. they never opened the school in uh, India, and also the first class I taught, there were only two guys in the in the classroom, and one became my husband. <laughs> uh-huh. So I spent eleven years in China, and I, I left China in two thousand summer two thousand eighteen. Um, what happened was like actually I separated from my husband like we were still married but we were separated like four years ago and then one year after that he died and then I stayed but uh, it was actually difficult like to uh, for visa purposes and all this kind of stuff Uh, and it was like life in Shanghai is pretty much expensive and I was like why do I use my savings just to keep living like spending four euro a month like just being in a super busy city why don't i use the money to do something else or at least to go somewhere else so that i can see where we could be after china and the original plan was to travel around the world for one year (laughs) and then i would find the place where we settle and uh, i'm still looking for it (laughs) Next month it will be two years ago. The plan was like New Zealand, Australia, Bali, Tahiti, and then China and then India. So I packed and we took that plane to Tahiti and then we stayed finally one month and a half. And the funny thing is actually I felt really really bad on this on these wonderful islands. Like everyone is just like, oh my god, that's heaven, that's paradise, like, and I was like, I don't like it here. <laughs> I'm super depressed and I was like oh my gosh I should write a book like you know like being depressed in Tahiti or something like that because you know it's like then you get to understand like you can be in the most beautiful place in the world like if you are not really good inside then forget it you will never never be happy even now when I look at the picture at that time I was like wow that was really amazing I was nature there is like so beautiful and I was feeling like shit like really bad it was like all that dream about traveling around the world and what people say about it who are those people posting like wonderful people a wonderful picture on Instagram and like you know <laughs> my trip is like it's not that i'm crying i'm just like how can i get the next step if i'm 24 hours a day with my kids alone and uh you know after two weeks they were bored of like we were just like oh what do we do today well let's go to the beach and they were like again and
0: I was like, no,
1: <laughs> there's nothing else to do here so really it was it was very surprising so then i called my friend the therapist one and i was like i think i can't i have to come back do some session with you and then I will see what I will do so I came back I began therapy with her and then in um, I think December I realized that we the three of us my kids and me just missed China so much that we just wanted to go back there so we went to see France and then to India after that and then that was it like we spent like two years traveling mostly between China, France, India like yeah Polynesia and Denmark like meeting friends, everything. And okay, so I can do it because of course my kids, they don't go to school, they never went. Um, How did you make that decision or why did you make that? And you know, it's funny because I'm thinking like, I am so not sure of anything in my life, but that I was sure, I don't know. It's like, you went to a kindergarten for like two months or three months, I think. And I was already trying to find like alternative school or this kind of stuff like Montessori or like the other stuff. And then he went, he was three, and he had homework and I was like, seriously, homework? I mentioned it in a meeting and the parents were just like, oh, that's really good that they can, you know, in the evening they can process what they learn during the day. And I was like, they are three years old. And they have five pages of homework. Nonsense. And the teacher was kind of marking the, like, you know, writing stuff on the homework. And one day, um, my son came back with the homework. It was a coloring page. And he did color an orange in pink. And the teacher wrote, an orange is not pink. And I was so pissed. I also because because actually I I have always been a very good student very good kid at school I was I I would never have colored an orange pink actually and I thought it was so wonderful that my kid just like was free enough to color it like you know another color I didn't want that to go you know I was like okay let me just stop school and then I think a bit before that I did I did read a lot of stuff about unschooling and um a guy named John Holt, and uh, a school in the US, it's called Sudbury School, which is a bit like democratic school in Germany, I think, where kids are all like together, like no age, uh, like they're mixed, like they can be with like older or younger ones, and adults are just there to accompany them, they don't teach, they just accompany them, and there was no school like that in China, so I first said, okay, he was three and the other one was one, so that was not a big deal, and I was not in France because I didn't have that kind of social pressure that I have now when I'm in France because now they are eight and six and my older one is still not reading because he's not interesting in that and that is big thing, you know, like when people say like, oh my God, he cannot read or he cannot write. And then I was like, yeah, but you know, he learned to speak English like last winter in India when he was with friend
0: and he speaks Chinese and French. You know, you cannot do everything. So is this one of the biggest criticism of the parents? What are you facing when you're telling other parents that you are unschooling your kids?
1: I think first they must think I am a kind of like uh, stuck teenager, <laughs> not not grown up and totally irresponsible. <laughs> uh, no, no. The, I think the main thing for first the main thing for people is about like oh my god but you know like school is good to be socialized you know to have friends they don't get to have friends and actually they do because my point is like we meet people you know we meet people like by traveling and actually the only family that you meet when it's not the holidays the school holidays are people with unschooled kids because you know that the only one you get to see i think one of the big challenge when you travel as a family is to find another family and that's why you know when I met you actually I had this kind of plan to try to organize trips or at least to connect people because it's true like uh, kids are happy to have friends not their age they can be older like especially you know like in India for example like people love kids so I think it's like you won't find that in friends india or asia in general also people do love kids they just like they want to play with them they want to do stuff with them so sometimes i have doubts i need to say sometimes just like oh please just read and write and then at least you know if you read then you can read whatever you want and you learn whatever you want and then i feel better
0: Do you teach them anything? No, because so
1: the, the thing about unschooling is like, first people say like, oh, so your kids are not going to school. And um, then I'm just like, well, yes. Oh, so you're homeschooling. And homeschooling in in people's brain is like, okay, so you teach at home. It's just, like, and then I was like, well, actually, no, it's unschooling. Oh, so actually, what do you do? Well, nothing, like nothing, like really nothing and I'm just like well we live we are living the life and kids are curious so it's it it has all to do with curiosity so you're not the one saying okay today let's read that book because you know in that book like there are some like things they can learn it's more like you have to be really to put your attention on your kids and uh to see if he's interesting in that or in that then you try to help him or her to be surrounded by people or by go to museum or like go to meet a craftsman or I don't know like that can help him to learn some stuff but I need to say you know also people always say like uh, why are you traveling with young kids they won't remember anything this is often something it's like what's even the point? I mean, yeah, wait, they are 15 years old or like whatever. And, uh, Sometimes they have some memories about like really precise, I don't know, they, they remember if it's not precise things, but it will, it will be about, I don't know, smells or impressions or like... Uh...
0: So on one of your Instagram posts, you talk about a quote from Khalil Gibran, it speaks about how kids are not your property and yeah. you cannot make them into something that they are not and that you are more like a support and leading them towards something. So, how do you implement this into your parenting? You have already spoken a little bit about how, if you see something in them, so you're very observant of what they want, of what they need, and then you bring them to other people.
1: I think I'm pretty not super good at it, but I do what I can. Is like, you know, I have like, for example, like when we are in France, so we are staying with the family and uh, uh, with this woman who is a therapist, and she has four kids and. I learned a lot from her and I do observe a lot how parents are doing with their kids. Maybe it's because I don't know like if you saw that, but actually I didn't, I really didn't plan to have kids in my life. So it came really late for me because I had my first son, I was 37. I don't know, for me, it's like a person who is just like in my, who chose to be in my life. And I can only guide or just, it's more about you just have to be there. Actually, I do think that children, they have the truth, you know. We are the one, like, perverted or, like, we have been brainwashed and, like, by all kinds of systems. And we are struggling, like, and you are helping, actually, people, like, with that, like, trying to find what was there at the beginning. And I just don't want my kids to lose it. I talk about that a lot with my friend, So who is the therapist? And, you know, last time we were actually discussing about why we do think that we cannot have everything in life. You know, it's like people will tell you, well, you cannot have everything. You know, you have some time to give up on something so that you can, you know, have the other thing. And my friend is kind of, she's a kind of woman to say, like, why can't I have it all? And even her husband is just like, well, because you're not a baby baby just wants everything but then you have life you have you know like uh, there is this I don't know how you say it properly in English but it's like your freedom ends where the other's freedom begin so it's like you know you have to live in a society blah 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 and actually she was telling that because she did a lot of research and actually, a work is based on a woman like who was, I think she was German, Alice Miller. At the beginning, she must be a psychiatrist or psychologist, I don't know, but she worked a lot on education and yeah, on children and everything. Super interesting person. But so she said, like, if the baby has it all, like if the parents are really into they provide everything for the kids in a genuine way, then the nature of the of the child will be to share his toy will be to you know like to want to have good relation with other kids to make friends i was lucky because i was in china so when i was pregnant and before i didn't want kids so i was not this kind of woman who read a lot about like you know pregnancy whatever i really was not interested in all that but you know in france for example they say let the baby cry because then if you take him in your arm every time he cries, then he will always cry and it will become some client kind of blackmail and whatever whatever and like that's not true they don't have that brain when they are a baby a baby cannot process blackmail it's not possible the brain is not developed that much i am so convinced that i am the one learning from my kids so much i think in my first or second year of like being a mom i was kind of sometimes being pissed at some stuff and i discovered that amazingly they kind of press the button they exactly know the trigger so that it makes you mad that you you are the one becoming mad because of that thing. And actually, it has nothing to deal with what is happening right now. Everything is linked with your childhood, like your experience. Sometimes I'm just like, oh my God, they just came in my life for that. <laughs> like to to help me heal, actually. And it's sometimes amazing to say a word. And then it's like suddenly your brain is like frozen and it's stuck maybe back when you were seven year old and someone told you that word, I do think that my kids are really helping me to discover my story, to understand the whole things. And regarding, you know, like Khalil Gibran, yeah, I like that because he said, actually, he said, you are the bow and the kid is the arrow. You know, it's like in India, like the guru and, you know, and the student. You just have to be there and to let the kid express all kinds of emotions. And I know when I'm back in France with some kind of more traditional like family friends or everything, they will sometimes be a bit judgmental about all that. One thing that I didn't mention is like, unschooling is not that they will never go to school. Actually, if your kid say that he wants to go to school, even the super classical school, like the one that really you think, oh, that's really like, no, you have to let him him go and have the experience of it. So I think it's more about trust. And actually, why shouldn't i trust them i can guide them but at the end you have to maybe show them how to think not really tell them what to think they must develop their own process the way we all have been educated like in schools led to what the world is now, so better try something different to get a to get a different like outcome. Because you know if nobody's trying something new, then basically the result will be the same in some years. And the, the unschooling community, how we could call that it's developing a lot actually Uh, I know it depends because for example like in Germany you cannot I have German friends they are traveling because if they are in Germany they have to send their kids to school it's not possible to homeschool even in France it's possible but you have to be inspected, like every year to be sure that your kids is having a proper development if some, if that can mean something like it's a bit weird I think the most important thing is to be able to adapt. I was thinking last time that if I was single, I think I won't do half of what I'm doing because I'm more daring now that I have kids. I think because I don't want them to be afraid you know so I'm just like
0: yeah let's do that Uh, this is great so this is a motivation for you to not be scared to show your kids that the world is is not as scary yeah
1: and you know I don't want them to be scared of like we meet amazing people and and it's not always easy I mean they see me crying a lot you know like when you try to plan stuff and like it doesn't work out or like you are like disappointed by someone you know like in India or you know like uh, I had some like money trouble with some people and like and then I was so disappointed and or or even you know actually when they were in the hospital like with the typhoid and all and my youngest one was just like am I going to die and I was like oh my god like it's horrible I'm a horrible mom you know I gave them that water and now they are in hospital and um and then sometimes then they will say like you know if they see me down then they will say like it will be fine why you must you must sing it will be good and then it will become good why are you singing like that and i'm just like oh my god oh my god they are my spiritual
0: masters <laughs> yeah i also saw a post of yours on instagram where you said that um Sometimes you do have such downs, but then it's all worth it when, I think it was Felix who said that he, he really appreciates that you've taken yeah. him on such trips. I was super, I, actually I was really
1: surprised because I thought from the beginning it was more difficult for him oh than France, but know. yes I know because now you understand English so I should be really careful. <laughs> but you know for example this english thing is like this was really like the the unschooling moment that so we were in india and then i met the family they have three kids he's from chile and she's from israel and they have been traveling all the time i mean they are forever nomads so they had a boy same age as my boys But my kid would speak French and Chinese, and he was speaking, like, Spanish and Hebrew. And thank God we had Legos. Because, you know, the three of them were looking at each other like we don't know what to do, we don't know what to say, like, la And then they started to play Legos together. And in three weeks, I was, like, totally amazed. Like, the three of them, they were speaking, like, super good English. Like, but super good. Like, the whole sentences, like, that you can hear in, like, movies. You know, it's, like, And their accent is so much better than mine. We were, the four of us, the parents, we were just like, oh my God. Because it began by, okay, this is good guy, this is bad guy. And then three weeks after that, they were fluent. Of course, it's because they they have heard people speaking English for a long time. But so everything is in their brain, but it, it is waiting the proper time to be revealed. And apparently, I'm not there yet. But from what I've read and the experiences I've heard, it's like this is what is happening with reading. For example, if you are not at school and nobody is pushing you to read, then you will actually um, gather everything, all the information, and over a night, it's like people like who testified about that. They said exactly the same. It's like yesterday was not reading, and today is reading. There's one day. Where it's just like, I guess, informations are enough. And then they start reading. So they don't have this kind of like reading letters by letters and everything. It's just from scratch to reading. I'm I'm waiting for that. (laughs) You know, those things are always easy when your kid is kind of like reading at four and everyone is posting, you know. That is a sad thing, actually. It's still that there's no competition at school, but still people are happy to say like, oh, my kid is four, and he starts reading, and I remember one day, a woman put something like, my kid is six, and for the first time, he wrote wrote his name, and I was like, thank God you post that, because you know, yeah, everyone is different, so some kids, they will read at four, and some, they will read at 12, and you have to trust your kid, and trust
0: yourself, or just like, yeah, the decision, all this kind of stuff, so you seem, you seem quite happy with your decision of unschooling them and you seem genuinely like in a good place with traveling. It's not forever, you know, because first, you know, like, um, I mean, to live in this world and to travel, like,
1: you have to earn money. So this is like one more thing. So I made it back to a full-time job, like, for some time to save some money and to do that again. And actually, the only deal with my kid is like, okay, you only do that if and only if... After, we are back to a kind of, like, life of traveling or... I'm speaking about unschooling. Traveling, I like it. I know at one point they are happy to stay for some time at the same location. That's why we are kind of, like, slow traveling. Because it's, like, I think if it's too fast, there's not really a point. And even if you want to meet people, really,
0: spend time with them, you cannot go... Do they ever have a moment where they feel like they are losing someone? Because this is teaching them a lot that people come into your life and they go again. So actually what I'm, I'm trying to do
1: is to maintain the relationships uh, as far as I can. So they know that you don't lose a friend if you're not living in the same place. You will see each other again if you want. And that is possible. It's not like forever gone. But we don't know. Like, for example, like uh, the German family we meet in India, then we meet them next week, actually, because they have a small house two hours away from here in France. So we will meet again. Like the friend, we had Belgium Belgian friend in Shanghai, and whenever it's summer and they're in Belgium, then we try to see them again. The thing is, like, kids, they don't really care about, like, all this kind of uh, WhatsApp, Skype phone calls video calls they have nothing to say you know they just want to play together they don't really have something to say what i saw with my kids is like it's very important like they each of them have a small suitcase and it's filled with stuff i don't put my nose in it but especially the older one in need when we arrive somewhere to have a small table and to set up all these things little universe is there because i know at some point they would love to have a home like you know a small flat or a house or something like that so that's why i say i don't want to move always i still would like to be in two or three places a year that would be like heaven but why can't i dream about that right because i use savings to do what we did like for two years so now i have to find a way like to make money maybe it's a full-time job and actually the challenge i'm facing is like because i ask them okay if i go for that job then we have two options you go to a school. Or we find some people to stay with you, and uh, they said no no school we don't want that so i have to find a way like to have i don't know if it's au pair or like unschooled people you know like i don't want people to babysit my kid i want people to live with them some experiences so i will see how i can manage to do that yeah some struggles are there you know when just before we came back to france and it was the lockdown had begun in India and my son had like more than a 40 degree fever and he, I didn't know if it was typhoid again or not and nobody would drive me there because lockdown and my Indian friends were a bit afraid of the virus even though we were there you know like you said at the beginning we were living in a small small flat in an ashram so there was a power cut <laughs> and my phone had almost no battery and I was like oh my god oh my god that's terrible i'm such terrible mother shall i call an ambulance but the ambulance will drive you only to the public hospital and i wanted to go to a special like the hospital we've been before and it was like i freaked out so there are times like that also it's not uh it's not super easy and as me like traveling single it's also because you are the only one to make the choices at the end So you'd better live with them. So... But I don't know, I think part of my state of mind is I don't really think I made mistakes, you know, in my life. I just think I made the choices that I proper at the time I made those choices. So there's not much that you can um, regret. And uh, also what, like, because when their father died, he was only, he was 35 years old. So, and it was really unexpected. So I think from that, I've chosen to think, okay, you know, you never know. You you must be lucky if you wake up tomorrow. So don't wait to do things. I mean, of course, you should not, like, uh, you should be sure, like, you can, you know, like, you're not putting yourself in trouble, of course. But, uh, you know, like, my family friends here, they are just always thinking, why, you know, like, you should buy a house and you should get a, a part-time job. And the kids could go to school and they will have some friends. And and I'm just like, oh. No, and and then you can travel during the holidays or when you will you know when they will be a bit older and and why would I do that because I don't know how my body will be when like in five years you know I don't know if I would like to climb or to go for a trek or if I would be
0: able to do it. Um, do you have any happiness hack or happiness trick that you either regularly do, or if you feel down, you choose to do something like that, either for yourself or for your kids? Is there anything that everyone else could impl- implement into their life? I'm
1: grabbing some tricks from other people and I'm trying them. I've learned to allow myself to feel negative emotion, you know. And one thing I, I actually, I'm, I'm always telling my kids cry, (laughs) cry it out, you know, I'm always telling them, because I did actually a lot of research on that, and I really believe in that, it's like, you know, if the emotion is stuck in your body, one day, you will pay for it i know it's a bit extreme but i'm telling my especially my older son is not very like he's keeping a lot inside you know if he's sad then he he will he won't let me see because he doesn't want to add some burden on me or something like that so i'm always saying cry it out cry it out it's better to cry it out than to have a cancer in like you know 40 years you know just like get rid of it now or for example like when we left china and we were missing it a lot and I was like okay in the bed in your like just before going to bed you know some people say like you know try to think about three good things during your day la 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 and I was like well what are the three things you miss the most you know about for example about China about like I think for me also what makes me more happy than before is I am less demanding You know, it's like, okay, my target is so not to do one hour of yoga every day. I wish I had this kind of target, but I'm just like, okay, a mantra, chant a mantra for five minutes, and it's good, you know, you can tick the box. Um, I've learned something from my friend, like the therapist, like who is also a lot about energy. I don't know how you call it, but she's always making me do that, and it's called... Uh, in French, it's called Le Feu du Coeur. And so it's called the heart fire, the fire of the heart. I don't know. And it's like you just see it and you close your eyes and you kind of focus uh, your mind on your heart. And you say that you activate, I activ- you say, I activate the fire of my heart, level one. And you say that three times, like so: level one, level one, level three times, and then level two, and then level three.
0: And the way do you say, um, "I activate the fire of my heart, level one," I activate the fire of my heart, level one. I activate the fire of my heart, level one. And then, yeah.
1: And then, when you feel it, when you just you wait for a bit. I don't know. It's like you feel it. Okay, now I can do the uh, second level. So just I activate the fire of my heart, level two same you say three times apparently there's four levels but for me when i say that and i'm the kind of person i'm very mental very much in my mind so i'm just like it won't work for me you know it's like this kind of stuff but it's true that for me at one point when i'm like level three or i don't know it it, apparently it connects you to your heart and it helps you to really like be more inside i don't know and it's true. Like something is kind of, it feels better at one point. It's really good. Yeah. Even, even actually, I did try it when I had headaches. Or, you know this kind of stuff. And it's really, it's it's really, it's really a good trick. I don't know. I tried to Google it. There's not much information about that. But some people know about it, and um, I think it's pretty good.
0: Maybe it can help someone. <laughs> it will definitely help someone. I'm sure. <laughs> Thank you so much. I think it's a lot of controversial thoughts. Um, A lot of people are going to maybe not agree with things that you've said, but you've managed to explain it in a very logical way. And I feel that even the people that might not agree with it are still going to understand it in some way or another. So for everyone that would like to get inspired by some wise words underneath her Instagram pictures or observe her travels with the kids, check out her instagram on wild n like the letter n free yoginis i will put it in the description box thank you so much for listening lots of love